Welcome to episode 84 of New Indian Woman podcast airing first in late March 2023 and I am your host Krishna. Welcome to part 2 of this conversation with Harini Nagendra. Let me share the intro and scope of this discussion again in case you missed part 1. Harini Nagendra is director of research center at the Azim Premji University and leads the university Center for Climate Change and Sustainability. She has conducted research for over 25 years on sustainability in forests and cities across India and elsewhere. She is a well-known public speaker, columnist and author who writes on ecology and environmental issues for popular audiences. So Harini uh, has been writing a detective novel set in Bangalore in 1920s and this particular the first book was titled Bangalore Detective Club. and this is the first book in a series there are two parts uh, for this discussion one part is about you as a writer you as a woman writer finding time for writing etc etc i have some specific thoughts around that which i would like to discuss the other part is about the book itself after discussing points around how harini manages to set aside time and schedule her work so that she is able to take along her demanding role at work her public writing engagements and writing of this detective series we had stopped at this question when we do all this sometimes we become more control oriented and hmm. also sometimes try to fit into our own superwoman images be it the role of the mother wife caregiver etc where we feel we you know default it comes to i have to do it yes uh, otherwise it will not happen and those tasks not overlapping with work etc so how much of this you had to consciously do something about i'm saying washing one's own ha- hair while it looks mundane but one needs to deal with it and one has little more flexibility and freedom around it yes. <laughs> but there are uh, so many other things where one doesn't have So yes. I want to yes. talk about what is it that you know you had to do consciously about balancing like this. I think give up on my obsession for me that I am always on deadline. Hmm. So I'm not now. I know that uh, I don't sometimes meet deadlines, and I think I have started telling people. So I commit to a lot of outside things. Up that is one thing I've had to give up on. outside hmm. of the work day you know there might be conferences panel requests can you come and teach us can you come and talk to our students and i hate saying no to these because that's the reason i started this public writing you know to engage hmm. with people and to talk about issues like climate change or conservation but now i've realized i cannot do that hmm i still let's say i get 10 requests a week sometimes i get 20 requests a week hmm. and i'm decided to take two a month Hmm. So there's a lot I'm turning away, and I feel very bad. So that is one thing I'm working on myself, saying, trying not to feel bad. One thing I do now is, uh, we have a lot of excellent other people in the team, so I keep, you know, or pushing people that I know hmm. their names ahead, so that somebody comes and gives the talk, and it's good hmm. for them, you know. So so trying to find other ways that it doesn't have to be me is all I'm saying, hmm. because I think it is hubris to think 
that we are superwomen and nobody else can do our work whereas mm-hmm. in reality there are a lot of people who can do that work in very different ways maybe some very much you know much better ways than us if we lose the control mm-hmm. so that is one thing i am definitely trying to do but the other i have decided is to not say i'm superwoman so for instance i have you know if i committed to let's say doing um, a journal article hmm and i'm just not able to do it this month because my mother requires some medical visits and i can't do that or the book or this something has to give hmm i've simply hmm. written to them saying look i have i never used to do this i never used to share my personal life with others hmm i now say very openly look i have family healthcare issues i can't i can't do this i know i committed to it 3 months ago but i'm sorry i can't do it and i have seen in every place where i have bailed out that people have been very understanding i have thought five times you know should i do this hmm. i'm leaving a hole in their book or their journal and i'm being so irresponsible and how can i do this and then you write back and you realize there are also real people with real life stories and they write back saying oh you know my mother was sick last year and i knew exactly what you mean or hmm. my child was unwell or i have you know i post covid i'm having some health issues or something people understand people have you know real lives also Yeah. And so that is something I realized that one should not try to pretend to be superhuman or think that people will not understand because people understand. Yeah, and especially I feel women should talk about some of these things because um, I've seen when we are with men, it's very easy for men to talk about, oh, you know, I have to do this, uh, which <laughs> is fine, where a woman will think two times, three times, saying, oh, I have to go to the pediatrician today evening. Yeah. Uh, yeah it is not considered normal and the more we tell that maybe i cannot meet this deadline it allows more women to talk about it i think so and i think it's especially important as we grow older and then move into positions of leadership to do that absolutely yeah you know now i see many of the younger women who work with me very comfortably saying that you know i'm supposed to come for a meeting with you today but can we do it online or can you skip it because i have my periods and my um, stomach is cramping hmm. and i am just looking at this thinking what confidence they have and i love it because you yeah. know during my entire phd i used to have terrible nausea and field work going for meetings you know throwing up in the bus it used to be excruciating and i could never have thought of telling i worked in an all male lab they may have understood but i would never have thought of saying it That's true And I I I think it's very nice that they can actually be so open about it because actually there's it's not such a big deal you reschedule to the next day but they should be able to say it. Correct. I completely agree. Yeah, so nice. Interesting times. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So about the moving to the book itself, I love the relatability of the book. Huh? Especially I'm talking about it being set in the Indian context and from the gaze of the woman uh apart from the cultural and environmental context setting of bangalore in the 1920s i know at least the initial interviews and articles would talk about how you have brought in about ecology how we have talked about a lot of those things those have been spoken about but here i'm talking about the indian gaze and the woman's gaze okay mm-hmm. uh, and uh, many of us may have read at least i remember uh, enid byton and all those books and we could not relate to the context of the children or the characters Uh, right and uh, for a for a very long time i wanted to just have potatoes in their jackets i had no idea what it meant uh, but <laughs> <laughs> i used to dream about it when i was reading about it 
and things like um, ham and bacon sandwiches and all that when i was a vegetarian i had no idea that was not even vegetarian but <laughs> so it was fun but i really loved um, seeing uh, these our own items in the book and why i say that harini it's because while i read a lot of indian books it's not that our food doesn't get featured not that way but here there is a way in which uh, it comes you know uh, which is very different and it made me remember the inner blighton and those uh, how the food is written where you feel like wanting to eat it and i was so happy to see the recipes at the end mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so i was like thinking maybe some other child will read about the busy belly bath and oh, wonder oh dream about having busy belly bath etc and even the tree names everything is relatable but i would like to focus about the 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 female gaze you know with your permission i would like to read hmm. a few lines where i sure. felt that okay i hope hmm. that's okay with you yes of course so about the leading lady uh, so there is a particular place where uh, you have said kaveri wants to scream with excitement but she decides to calm herself as that is not supposed to happen and this is in the first para of the first chapter and i loved mm. that because that is something all of us can relate to you know you just want to scream but you are not supposed to Yeah. so that is a indian woman's gaze and which has been missing there may be serious books which would have this but i'm trying to say that in a detective book there are these subtle ways in which it has come in many places and i like this another mention where uh, kaveri is staring at the other young girls wearing figure hugging swimming costume while she herself is dressed in a traditional indian dress being 1920s and you say kaveri felt her breath catch in her throat at the exciting prospect of wearing something so revealing <laughs> and i really love this uh, because this this is something you know most of us indian women can relate to it as in whether if you have come from a small town to a city or from one city to another city or as part of the changes in society over the last 3 decades or so we are all seeing these things and there is one part of the mind where you you are also longing to do it whereas your context may not allow or your own conditioning may not allow so that has been beautifully brought out <laughs> right and then there was this references about men eating first and older women guiding the younger ones on the correct order of serving food Uh, this is so indian this is so uh, <laughs> indian and um, and i did not expect recipes in a detective novel but i loved it um, and a line like this women's dreams were only as big as their husbands egos would permit them to be uh, you know these lines uh, are very uh, reflective in nature i would say mm-hmm. Uh, though it is put in a very innocent context so i just wanted to know from you whether there was a conscious effort to bring this in because listeners it is it is like very relatable some of these and it also helps us to pause at these some of these lines and think about ourselves as women and whether this is true and helps us reflect so just wanted to know your views on this i'm, for, I'm thanks krishna this is very very uh, 
as a as a writer i think very gratifying to hear that these these things because you write you write into a blank space and you don't know who reads them or they pick up what you what you felt when you were writing you know because everybody reads it and has a different relationship to that writing so this mm-hmm. is yeah very nice for me to hear as you lot of it is 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 based on talking to people or thinking about the the roles of i mean what women had to go through in those times Hmm. and i think we would all have similar stories like i i know many women of from my family who were very creative and uh, came into their own after their husbands passed away you know so they must they some were 60 70 and till then had never spent a night apart from their husbands they wouldn't allow them to go more than 2 hours without someone coming with them they were always fetching carrying taking care and then really you realize that they were such interesting people after their husbands passed away Yeah. because they never had that chance and and it is not only about the 1920s no harini even today there may mm. be many women so on a scale they may not be the degree to which uh, it may be restricting them may differ mm. but i would say if we were to plot a scale of every woman you are there on the scale whether yes. it's on the leftmost end where it is very restrictive or not and the way in which it manifests itself the way it manifested itself in 1920 may be very different from now but this align like women's dreams were only as big as their husbands egos would permit them to be i'm sure there will be so many women who would say yes to that today educated Absolutely. women standing yes. on their own feet but still saying yes to this line very true exactly exactly and if it's not their husband's ego it's the mother in law or the father in law who lives with them or who doesn't yeah, live with a, them with a certain expectation it's a fill in the blank it's a fill in the blank it's a fill in the blank yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, the thought of you know um, bringing these kind of uh, points the one more point is like i laughed at this respectable women from good families have a very rare chance of bumping into prostitutes whereas respectable men from good families seem to have a lot to do with them <laughs> you know it was i was uh, reminded of a movie i think yeah. uh, mandan by shabana asmi smita patel where shabana asmi as a pimp uh, you know there is mm-hmm. a showdown yeah. scene where she asks a question which is similar to this line mm. she says why do you want uh, if you can keep the men at home why are you coming everybody would ask them to vacate and there is a context <laughs> but this kind of a thought you know i felt i like one is the mystery and what's happening is on, yeah. on one level but many of these pointers subtly sitting there yeah. uh, and making us reflect is i love the most <laughs> and i'm eagerly waiting for in the remaining <laughs> books also but there was one uh, reference to assessing a woman's character was the pastime of elders both men and women and the respectability of the home was placed on one's woman folk you know these are these are yeah. I, i'm saying this whole book could have been written without these I'm saying the story could have been there yeah, without these, uh, and that's why I was very curious. You know, I'd have to thank my mother for a lot of this, which is interesting because she doesn't read. She hasn't read the book, so oh, she's okay. she she's very horrified. I think in her the thing that how why would her daughter write a book on uh, murder? Okay. And she so she 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 tried. She has tried her best to read it, but she has been scared of it. So she doesn't read fiction much anyway. But she mm-hmm. finds it too frightening, and so she's she's read a little bit, and she said, "I don't want." But no, many of these things are from conversations I had with her. So, for instance, she used to tell me 
this bit about respectability on one's uh, you know on the shoulders of the women of mm-hmm. how her uh, mother and um, another neighbor would sit there on the steps and mm-hmm. you know look at the road so it was an agraharam and there would be you know the neighbors that you saw uh, upper caste families and there was one woman who was single staying with her parents Hmm. and for whatever reason i think she got engaged and the engagement was broken off and she wasn't getting married so she worked in a bank and hmm. she was one of the few working women there and when my mother came home to i think to have to deliver my, my sister hmm. she was there for some months there and uh, so this woman would come back in the evening and uh, her colleague male colleague who was married would often drop her on the bike hmm. on the scooter on his way hmm. back home and she said that neighbor would sit and tell my mother look at her her parents are not even thinking of what what is going on how scandalous look at this man mm. dropping her every time and she said once she came and overheard this and she was very furious with her mother and she pulled her mother later into the kitchen and confronted her saying what is your problem why are you encouraging this woman mm-hmm. here is a young woman who is not married and her parents were not very well off she's trying to make a life of her own she's working in a bank she's doing something respectable somebody drops her in the evening what is your problem hmm why are you getting into it and she remember i remember you know so many of these conversations my mother was in she she in those days in, in 1960s she went to karekudi to do a bsc in uh, botany and then she hmm. got in after that to a medical degree she hmm. really badly wanted to become a doctor her father was a doctor and she could never uh, do medicine because her mother almost through a you know a real fit and said no you know such an old she was 22 and she said she had to get married my mm. daughter is old she's not married my mother's older sister one year older than her got married when she was 17 hmm you know so that's the context of that thing and she still even now the first thing when she goes to a new doctor she will say i'm the daughter of a doctor i'm the sister of a doctor because her brother was a doctor i also mm. wanted to study medicine Hmm. and i got admission and i couldn't and at 85 when she's saying this you really feel bad huh, krishna you feel true, that true, true. it's such a trauma that just, she just that's one thing she wanted from her life she hmm. wanted to make something of her own and she could never do it so all of these things bother me when i'm writing the book and that's why maybe i think of writing as therapy hmm. because it's a place true. to place this somewhere and to yeah. make other people see it and make context and sense of it correct correct because a, a story can be written without these also and yeah. this this makes it very important and yeah. i like it because while there can be many successful men authors who also talk about women and write about women etc but this is a very distinct female gaze and i i feel so thankful for these kind of subtle um, thoughts being there and i'm keen to know the response of uh, dhwani of a 14 year old uh, daughter <laughs> to this uh, this uh, kaveri not about you writing i'm saying her her response to kaveri's life because it is a certain a different era right so i she's from when she's been she's 15 now when from when she's been 10 actually <laughs> probably mm. gory thing to do to give a child a mystery book about with murder story but she's always been reading this along with me and uh, and commenting so i feel like sometimes she knows so and so does my husband kaveri as intimately as i do because they mm. will tell me things like are you sure kaveri would do something like this mm. but uh, you know dhwani has been a feminist much more than i am i would i would not i have a feminist streak but i would not call myself a feminist mm. because uh, i also believe in balance and maybe it's a thing of our generation and uh, mm. i know you have we have discussed this we we mm. are of a generation where 
given a choice between stating what we want very clearly and firmly and somehow trying to navigate through it hmm. without offending someone i think we would choose the part of navigating without offending somebody correct absolutely especially elders true. right yeah but i think children of this generation are very different so when she was 5 she we, we used to get this uh, malayalam manorama had this children's magazine why am i forgetting the name i can't remember malorama uh, no in english in english english magic pot magic pot exactly so hmm. magic pot had this first page will have a letter to parents Hmm, hmm. and the first page hmm. which she wouldn't read we would read her the other stories but when she was 5 she started reading hmm. and then she realized that the letter to the editor would also say parents when your son does this you should do this with him hmm. which is in what is the son son business <laughs> so she said uh, we should write a letter to malayalam manorama this editor of magic pot Hmm. So she plagued me. I said we can't write a letter. Then she plagued her father. He found an email, so address, and he she dictated to him, and he sent a letter, hmm. okay, saying that I am this five-year-old girl, five and a half, and I don't like this. And please write about for your son or daughter. Hmm. As luck would have it, two three weeks later, the editorial said son or daughter. So she said they read it and they changed it. And obviously, oh, she doesn't nice. know magazine production cycles and all of that, hmm. right? Hmm. So we let her be. Then again, it went back to your son. so mm-hmm. she said we are not getting this magazine anymore why are we giving them our money and i was telling her don't do that you like the magazine you read it why do you have to read the first page hmm then my friend scolded me priya you know priya no ram sir yes. from the kaikondari lake yeah mm-hmm. so priya scolded me she said you know your bunny uh, has all the right instincts hmm she is saying the right things you are telling her to be pragmatic why should she learn pragmatism so early hmm hmm and i said you know you're actually right so i feel left it we we stopped subscribing to magic pot and so mm-hmm. she is much more of so she really relates to kaveri she gets very angry about some of the places where women are uh, you know mm-hmm. not being allowed to do what she wants she sits with her grandmother and listens to the stories even as eagerly or even more eagerly than i do and she confronts her or sometimes if she thinks that she is saying something that is you know um, contradictory or that women should be doing this so this is what a good woman should be doing and mm-hmm. it's very interesting so i think she is much more of a passionate feminist than i would say i am and 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 as a feminist i think it's much more important to know the women who lived before us yes um, because it is one thing to talk feminism now but it is also uh, important to understand the journey of the women because what we take for granted now has been uh, you know what do you say fought by other people for us one step at a time one step at a time right i am looking at 1920s because now i am doing the research for the book so mm. one of the comments i got from some people not a lot mm. and interestingly a western audience on the book is that um, a small fraction of the western audience mm. is that this is too modern she could not have been doing this her husband would not have been supportive or you know other things like that or she could mm. not have had an intimate relationship or friendship with mala for instance mm. Mm. and uh, then you realize the idea of india as a place where women are oppressed or uh, these you know mm-hmm. hierarchies are always so rich of course there was a lot of oppression of course there were very rigid hierarchies but now i'm looking at the 1920s there was a coffee puri sakamma who was a coffee entrepreneur she was married and widowed by the time she was 17 or 18 and left with a small son and uh, heir to a large kurk coffee estate hmm you know or there is um, uh, kalyanamma who was the first woman journalist who had a magazine of her own you know while vogue and all that were these women's magazines in the us focused on fashion her magazine was focused on uh, women's issues of what should women do you know uh, craft and writing mm. and serious issues about discussions of the mahabharata 
uh, I have fantastic uh, women's magazine. Yeah. So and every every locality also there would be this one woman who may not mm-hmm. have just fought and very uh, vociferous about it, but in her own way she would have moved. <laughs> things exactly. you know yes, move yes, yes. things question things change yes. the equations yes. every every nook and corner of the country there would have been some but regardless of how poor and the extent to which they achieved but there were some very strong women in everybody's families also exactly yeah true true and the kind of uh, the feminism that we think of in terms of uh, how we expect today versus how they experienced and how they moved things that time would have been very different very different my mother in law yeah. was one of the strongest women i knew mm. you know and just i mean incredible she again never got to she studied her bsc but went tried to work and all that never could had three sons had to raise them you know uh, but so strong i mean nobody who knew everybody knew that she ran the the she made the decisions in the house she ran everything so i think mm-hmm. there's always somebody going to be off that caliber you just you you wish again listening to many of them later talk about this you see that that sense of sadness that they had that they had so mm. much potential and wanted to do so much more we mm. see that they have done a lot Correct. but i think they would have liked to do so much more yeah and yeah. so they had to content themselves with the scheme of you know this is what the control that they had so they did what they could there yeah and it's important for us with lot of opportunities to read about such women and appreciate the opportunities and use whichever opportunities make sense for us absolutely yes, yes. and, uh, and to also to- make sure that give the women that again i'm saying as as especially for those of us who are in leadership positions at work or at home yeah yeah you know True. to then make sure that the younger women get those opportunities and we remove the obstacles in their way absolutely absolutely such a powerful thought and uh, harini before we went i just wanted to share one more thing as i look forward to the rest of the books in your series and mm-hmm. i hope all your uh, scheduling and how you manage it <laughs> makes it <laughs> easy for you to bring out more books i'm also waiting to see the changes in women's thinking over this uh, period <laughs> whether it is kaveri or i do not know kaveri's daughter or whatever it is <laughs> but uh, much like we see in shivashankari's famous tamil novel called palangal i don't know if you've heard about no, it no, um, so palangal means bridges uh, oh. and she takes the story of three women uh, i don't remember if they are related i don't think so but they are in three different periods maybe 1920s another in 1940s or something and something in 1970s and the 1970s one is the most modern you know at yeah. the, because this came up um, 1970s or 80s so this this was published around in the 80s uh, and the women's lives which comes across this is not detective novel but just a novel it's quite famous and uh, shivashankari herself as a writer yeah mm. uh, is quite for, uh, famous i'm sure your mother would know about her mm-hmm. and when you read this so the, the story moves with these three lives you know it is it came as an, a series of articles but when you read you are reading all the three women's stories at the same time but in different periods mm. and it's very interesting of a young girl then a marry just about when she is getting married then when children you know so it covers all the life stages of these three women but in different ages mm. it's very interesting so i am also think is it translated it, in that i'm not is sure i'll check I, i'll check 
but it brings forth the change in the woman's thinking you know not in terms of them doing something out there in the society but in the, the their own personal thinking in their own reflection mm-hmm. how these thoughts are changing across this period it's very interesting to observe that so i am also waiting to see that in kaveri let's see <laughs> you know the book book 2 which is murder under a red moon actually mm-hmm. talks about the women's suffrage movement because oh, we hear oh. about people women higher fighting for suffrage uh, and the right the right to vote in uh, the us and uk but mm-hmm. what we didn't i also didn't know actually till i started researching for this book that in sri lanka and in india there was this very active network of women also fighting for the right to vote mm-hmm. and they were corresponding with the women in the uk and us oh my god yeah oh. so very very interesting thing so i tried to weave mm-hmm. a little bit of that into the story also oh that's nice that's nice look forward <laughs> to that <laughs> and uh, when we conclude harini as always what is your message to our listeners especially on finding time for one's creative pursuits so i think uh, scheduling 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 but also don't give up i think uh, what you said you know resonates with me now that if you have a real dream of doing something and it could be anything you know it could be finding time for your crochet and embroidery or for uh, music or any creative pursuit which which is important to you which is close to your heart i think bring your family into it and make them feel that they are supporters because unless mm. they know so i know for instance that two three months that i am working on the on my books my family will have to deal with my absence quite a bit and that's mm. i'm being unfair to them you know because mm-hmm. i actually am mentally absent quite a bit of the time mm. and uh, so one thing that i make sure is to to thank them for it because they are actually hel- they are really helping you know if they were mm. not willing to put up for this then i i could not do this mm. and so they are part of the whole thing and we discuss in the evening and they become part of these conversations and it's it's becomes a family thing that we do to try and discuss these things Yeah. and they are also very indulgent with me for, for having these conversations but i think we need to do that how could we bring them in as partners yeah yeah because this whole story of you know i have buried my um, passions i have buried everything and i am this sacrificial goat kind of story hmm. it's not taking hmm. us anywhere that no. that story has been overplayed and it's time to stop the sacrifice part of it i'm saying sacrifices <laughs> everybody does as part of life man woman everybody but we don't have to glorify ourselves on that exactly exactly yes okay and with that we will close this episode thanks a lot harini and best wishes for many more books in the series thank you <laughs> thanks krishna so with that We come to the end of another episode of New Indian Woman. See you again in the next episode. Do visit my website thenewindianwoman.com for related blogs on this topic. Of course, I would love to hear from you. You could rate or leave a comment in your podcast app or write to me at krishna@thenewindianwoman.com. Remember, you are what you want to be and the time starts now.